Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to what is certainly, by all measure, even the skeptics and cynics among us would say this is a grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're going to spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in our trademark, trademark, energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics, uh, a lot of politics and some politics and some sports and uh, yeah, some politics. It's a big politics day. I don't know if you know this. Uber producer Dan Peters is here today to keep you updated on the latest news and weather. Thanks for spending some time with Dan and us. Dan and us? Dan and I. Dust. 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 And we're also going to learn some grammar today also. <laughs> we're going to do some tongue twisters. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging with us. It's great. Uh, whether you're out there driving around in your car on this beautiful day with the windows down, I imagine, sun gleaming in from the side window as you absorb the warm rays on this wonderful March afternoon. Or you're listening live on KSO.com, streaming, maybe with the KSO mobile app, out walking around, taking in a little bit of the good weather. Remember that KSO mobile app is available now, branded. You search KSO in your various app stores and you'll find it. You'll find it. You get the one-touch streaming. You get the updates on news and weather and such. Our musings. You get some musings in there. There's occasional musings. And, of course, the push notifications. Remember, you can always follow us along, follow along with us and chat with us on Facebook, Facebook Live at the KSOO page, which you want to follow anyway, and our Twitter account at P. Lally Show, at P. Lally Show, show. You know, uh, I said yesterday I had to get a new phone, Dan. Cause did I you? At, I did, did you? I did. Oh, you did? Right before I came over here, right before I came to work. And, uh, you know, these things always take longer than you'd hope, but you know, it's, uh, I love, I love the phones and I'm an Apple guy. Okay. These are just my disclosures here. Okay. Not that there aren't some other fine phones in the world, but I'm all Apple all the time. I've been all in since, you know, the early nineties on the Apple Macintosh iPhone, various products. I got them all, right? You just can't. I've had iPads and I got an Apple Watch and I got the laptop and I get so I'm not switching phones at this late juncture. And so I go into the store over here near the studio here at uh, KSOO out on 57th Street. And you know, they've changed the way they do these things, right? You used to go in and if your contract was up, you plop down a couple hundred bucks, you got the latest cool phone. You walked out of there a happy person. Uh, that ain't the way it works anymore. You know, now they they say, well, what we do is we add on this monthly fee for whatever phone you want, and you pay it off over 24 months. And at the end of the 24 months, your bill goes down, which is fine and good and all that. I, I, I don't know that over the long term I'm paying any more money. But I know that my bill went up, <laughs> my monthly my monthly bite went up. I didn't have to lay out any cash, but my monthly bite went up. And then you're like, well, do you want the you want the phone that's kind of like your old phone, or do you want this gleaming new version, the anniversary iPhone 10? Ah, you know, and you're just standing there, and you know, you know, you're gonna pay more money. And there's just, you know, and I know there's a frugal way to do these things, Dan. I'm sure there is. I could have found like a, uh, you know, a refurbished version of my old phone. And, you know, I'm sure that that was somehow that could have worked. But no, I went full on consumer, went right into the American version and took all the gadgets I could get. I did turn down the wireless charger, though. I'm happy about that. That's that's just that's just pure laziness. Well, remember though, what brought this on was mm-hmm. the connection from your wired charger into your old phone. Mm-hmm. So by default, wouldn't this prolong the life of this new unit? 
maybe. And you okay, know what will yeah, happen. But I, I don't mean to no, try, you know, throw I you understand. up against the wall on this. But, <laughs> I you understand. Know. But I know what will happen, though. I'll be like, ooh. Like a month from now, I'll be walking through a store. Ooh, the Apple 10, the iPhone 10 wireless charger. What a lovely addition to my gadgetry world. Oh, and this, uh, uh, you know, I, I now need like an eight socket uh, USB charger thing. I had to buy one of those the other day because there's just not enough room everywhere to have all the cords that need to plug into a USB plug into a USB. So now I have like this tower of USB plugins that will take all manner of, of rechargeable items. Hashtag sad. Oh, man. I remember we, we, we got the one where you could have the adapter. You could put two in there. <laughs> yeah. how, how many does this thing have? What, like a half a dozen? I think it's got eight. Eight? Eight. I got that the other day because things were just getting unruly on the counter. And I'm hoping this will solve some of that problem. Because, you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, God. Have you, you noticed that with the, the charger on, on the iPhone regularly, those things will will heat up. Those things get warm when you plug them in. Yeah. It's, so I, this thing might glow when I get it all <laughs> set up. It claims to have to pick, like, pick the uh, rate that will be most efficient to most quickly charge whatever. So it knows what you're plugging into it. And it says, oh, I need to do this to fill this piece of this actual device as quickly as possible. But does it have a setting on there or settings that say, okay, you're using this much energy, this much energy. Oh, God, Patrick is melting the glaciers <laughs> in the Arctic by using this much energy. I know it. It should just have a little coal, like a little picture of coal on there that just sort of pulses red when you get to a certain point. You know, you're ruining your, because your, I am. I, it's terrible. It's awful. I, I, why am I using all this power? I need to simplify, man. Simplify. It's not good. And yet, what did I do? I went all in. Complete American sucker. Consumerist sucker. That's what, just call me that. Just call me Patrick Lally, consumerist sucker. Yep. You bought a bunch of plastic and some very valuable minerals. Yep. Absolutely. And they were assembled by, you know, people making less than a living wage in a country uh, I don't even know where I should look at Malaysia, Indonesia, something like that. Some somebody over there is like st- stripping valuable minerals out of spent other merchandise so that I can have a new iPhone. Ah oh, man, I'm not going to sleep tonight at all. It's not uh the guilt is just overwhelming. Oh well. Sure is cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I think not of such things. I purchase and make peace. Yeah, you know, it uh, It took my picture, okay? Like, I, I had to do, my old phone had, like, fingerprint, you know, where you just put your thumb on it, and it knew it was you, and it turned on. This one, you just hold it up, and it knows it's you. And so I had to do the uh, facial scan where you rotate your head around, so I just turn it on like I'm doing right now and I go, hi, and it just unlocks. That's freaky. I, I know that's not a good thing, right? I was talking about privacy the other day and I just gave my phone my face. That's okay. The government already knows where I am. Well, and the thing that would really freak you out is if it made this sound after you did it. Uh, that would freak me out. Or if it was, you know, uh, Steve Jobs' voice from the grave. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> truly. That was truly freaky. Um, anyway, we've got a great show for you today, despite my problems. I got problems. My problems got problems. I think is what it's come to here. Uh, who do we got? We got uh, Brooke Blalid. Blalid. I have the official pronunciation of her name. I messed it up yesterday. Blalid. And uh, she is a USD's master's student, but she's also director of the of South Dakota's Ready to Run program, which is a nonpartisan group whose mission is to inspire and prepare women to run for political office. That'll be a great conversation. That'll be in the second hour. The common man's filling in. Emergency fill-in by the common man for weird friends. We'll see how that goes. 
Vern Bohr will be here. He is a uh, outdoor broadcaster, outdoor enthusiast, and he is uh, previewing this banquet they have this weekend called Kids and Warriors that pairs uh, uh, returning veterans with kids and uh, do outdoor activities, hunting and fishing, that sort of thing. Vern will be here about 345. And I will have a PL statement just after the next break. Today's topic, the paternalism parade continues from Pierre. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three twenty-one on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOA. Everybody wants to live how they want to live, and everybody wants to love how they want to love. Everybody wants to be closer to free. And it's the PL statement on the Patrick Lally Show. And our friends, the Bodines, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I believe, the Milwaukee area, still touring. Some of the great Midwestern bands of all time. And a wonderful song that is our theme song for this segment. And uh, I was noticing today uh, a story from Dana Ferguson of Argus Leader Media. And so there were some legislators in town for a meeting with the Americans for Prosperity Forum. Americans for Prosperity, a uh, fairly conservative group, which has no real bearing here other than that that's why they were here. So uh, Majority Leader Lee Qualm of Platt and Senate President Pro Temp Brock Greenfield of Clark they told the Americans for Prosperity Forum in Sioux Falls that they'd like ballot questions to be considered in hearings like those used to vet bills out there in Pierre. They said they would bring the issue to their peers next week when lawmakers reconvene in Pierre. That's for veto day. Yeah, so they, they want to host these, uh, what Dana called, voluntary forums to weigh each initiated measure set to appear on the November ballot. Voluntary forums. Well, like you can have, you know, mandatory forums. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, so the deal is that these two guys are esteemed legislative leaders in the various, the both the chambers of the legislature. So they want to get everybody together uh, or they want to get people together so you know voters can better understand the ballot questions, better understand what's going on. And uh, they say they would host supporters and opponents of each ballot measure or proposed constitutional amendment and offer up questions to each group. Greenfield's lawmakers would act as a moderator and would not have an opening for discussion as they do in curtain bills and peer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this is, it's kind of stunning to me, really. The, 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 I, you know, I call it paternalism and it is. It's, it's that we, the people, don't really understand the nuances of the initiate what these these initiated measures will do to our our lovely government system out there under the auspices of our elected representatives even though they have often proven themselves not able to address the issues that people often are concerned about i really can't imagine a worse idea. A state-controlled debate of issues that in many cases are a reflection of their own behavior. Yeah. That's what we need. That's exactly it. I need uh, these guys, Qualm, and, you know, I, I want a, a, a debate, a forum hosted by legislative leaders. Like, they don't have enough time during the legislature to get their opinions out, sending them out. You know, every week and every weekly newspaper across the state of South Dakota, they get to pontificate, you know, during the session from, you know, from peer, my message from peer. We know what they think. Admit this. It, just admit it, all right, that you don't like ballot measures especially those brought by actual people where they run counter 
to your attempts to impose your paternalism on the people of this state. There's a quote here from Lee Qualm, House Majority Leader from Platt. And he says, we talk about transparency. Well, why not have these where we can really discuss these proposals? Everybody could come together and we could really discuss it, both sides of it. Mm, What does he think happens now with issues? We know what you think, Mr. Qualm. You've had weeks to tell us what you think on a whole range of issues. Welcome to the big city, sir. Maybe you don't see the Argus leader, but Dana's been telling us what you think on a bunch of issues for a long time. Also, that's what the media does. Free from the heavy hand of lawmakers and the gaze of disapproving lawmakers who have so frequently failed to deliver what the people want. Here's just a, I mean, look at the, let's look at these issues. Minimum wage. They would not raise the minimum wage, would not raise the minimum wage, would not raise the minimum wage. Put it on the ballot, passed. They immediately went back in and tried to say, okay, you can have a minimum wage, but not for anybody up to 18. We're going to have a different minimum wage. That got overturned. Bam. So you got double slapped on that one. Tobacco tax initiated by the people would never have gone through the legislature. Two abortion votes that pushed back on the things that you did. Two where the people said, no, legislature, we really don't want you messing around there, which you continue to do. Two, you lost two statewide votes on that one. I am 22, initiated by the people, passed by the people, gutted by the legislature, and it's coming back. Marcy's Law, flawed, though it may have been, passed by the people by a wide margin. Where were you on that one, Qualm? You had the you had the bully pulpit. Payday loan restrictions. Uh, Representative Hickey, when he was in the legislature, tried to get that through how many times? How many times did he bring it? Shot down, shot down, shot down, shot down. Put on the ballot, boom, passed. By a wide margin. And it goes on and on like this. Stay out of the process, Qualm. Greenfield, stay out. It's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous idea. You don't need to host any debates. Your paternalism knows no ends. Go home and work on your next bathroom bill. We can refer that one too. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can send me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. On Twitter at P Lally Show. On Facebook, live right now. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to the common man. He's uh, taking care of us today, so let's be nice to him. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Live local radio is done best when you have someone who knows what they're talking about. Patrick Lally is on Information 1000 KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, man, I so badly want to let that keep going, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. It's trampled by turtles. Wait so long. But we got Johnny. We got we got the common man on the line with us today on a rare Thursday appearance after we've moved you to the steady Monday appearance after you used to be on on Tuesdays. But you're always kind enough, kind enough to take a few moments out of your very busy schedule to take care of us. And I appreciate that. You know, I used to say that's why I don't do two shows a night anymore. Why is that? But for people, the right people, I'll make exceptions. <laughs> two, two shows a night. That's why I don't do two shows a night. Uh-huh. I play the big room. <laughs> That's true. The big room. All of the eastern South Dakota, parts of Southwest Minnesota, and Northwest Iowa. Indeed. That is and the big, get no bigger than that. That is the big room. Hey, uh, so how... You had mentioned at some point, I don't know how to bring this up in a sensitive way, okay? Mm-hmm. But you had mentioned in one of our appearances that you had taken up uh, some sort of bowling league. I did. I'm I'm a, a late-in-life convert to 
bowling leagues. So is this still going on? Because it's nice out now, and I, my impression is the bowling league goes for about half the year, but when it gets nice out, you don't bowl anymore, right? Uh, well, it, that's the beauty of it. Um, it's a golf league that turns into a bowling league. <laughs> And, 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 and oh, you know, but not to plug anybody, but it's it's they're sponsored by these adult beverage companies mm-hmm. of this fine city. Ah, uh, I see. It's all becoming clear to me now. So you know, it's one one feeds the other. I mean, it's just, it's a perpetual motion machine, is what it is. You know, that was the old way to do things. You you played golf in the summer, and then you put away the sticks when the, and then you you went to the, the bowling alley and you did that because it was basically the same thing. It is. It's the exact same. It's, it's truly aggravating. You can bowl great one game and terrible the next, just like golf. And it's just it's it's a, it's a fascinating uh, socialization. You meet certainly all kinds in a golf course and certainly in a bowling alley. And uh, you know, it's like your parents, like your mother used to warn you. What do you? And pretty soon, if you keep doing that, you're going to be an old man hanging around in a bowling alley. <laughs> and there, well, and here I am. Uh, where do you bowl? It's okay to say. It is. Okay. Yeah, we bowl at the sport bowl. Oh. Monday night, Monday night league. At least you're going classic. Oh yeah. Well, then we get a good game of snooker in afterwards. <laughs> do they still have a snooker table? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm going to go down there and play snooker one of these days. It's outstanding. You know what? I think we have, I think we probably have one of the cooler bowling. You know, that's part of the fun is the bowling team name, right? Yeah. So our team name is the bowl movements. <laughs> Oh that. my God! Stop that, anybody! At first, I thought it was a play on being bald, you know, <laughs> like a bald movement. And then, wait a minute, no! It's <laughs> Our producer Dan Peters was had his had the finger on the button there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just about. Although you better start talking about five hundred one if you're really, you know, if you're throwing the darts there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Five hundred one. We play a little darts, play a little snooker, play a little. It's like a it's like a British sports league over there at Sport well, as we like to call it, the Bar Olympics. <laughs> That's right. So you came to this late in life with the bold movements. Mm-hmm. Um, do I know anybody else on this team? Oh, yes. The great and powerful. Ah, um, the great and powerful. Already. Someday, someday, Patrick Lally show um, contributor. Well, you hope someday. Yes. He has to be coaxed out of the cave. But yes. We're hoping that it happens. Someday. Uh, the the three-word answers are... Probably won't. That's a lot of questions to get through a whole segment. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a two hundred question. <laughs> yes. Oh. That, okay. <laughs> the great and powerful Ort. Uh, yes. So that's that's cool. So you had a good time. Did can you bowl? Are you good at it? I'm a, I'm your solid one one fifty guy. Yeah. That sounds good. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> it, 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 oddly enough, it. Kind of allude, leads us to our our initial team name, which was going to be Beat by Girls, <laughs> but we got rejected. Uh, but it's kind of funny and it's very emasculating. But all the women, it's, it's a co-ed league, so we have these teams of women that, that we bowl against. You know, and some of them are in their sixties and older, and then some of them are twenty-one, mm-hmm. and they just beat the pants off us. Just totally emasculated. <laughs> You guys just sit there with your oh. Miller Light between your legs and look down at your oh. shoes. <laughs> just, just hold our manhood in shame. It's just, oh. and, but, but, and it and doubly made doubly worse by how nice they are to us. Yes. Oh, you guys are doing much better this year. <laughs> <laughs> just, just come on, just go over and just put two in the back of my head right now. <laughs> oh my oh, god, they're so sweet and they're so nice, and it's just, just awful. You know, guys, at least they do you the favor of just ripping you apart after they yep. beat you like mocking you incessantly like the, the on uh, uh the big lebowski you know <laughs> nobody <clears throat> with the jesus with the jesus nobody yeah. messes with the yes, jesus with the bowling ball towel yes yeah. yes yeah, that's, that's all the good stuff um that i can live with so this bowling thing is sort of like the the original social network for you Honest to goodness, it is. And it's the best social network because the sport bowl doesn't go around and sell my information <laughs> to suburban lanes. No, no. Fine, fine bowling alley in its own right. Yes, indeed it is. All the, I think, you know, all the, and it's uh, Patrick, the, the term is bowling center. Bowling center. Got right. it. I think you may not Dan... know this, but 
the PBA, Pro Bowlers Association, just signed a new contract, television contract, with Fox Sports. You're kidding. So just wanted to put that out there. Well, NASCAR is kind of sliding, right, Dan? So <laughs> bowling's got to take its place. Get something that'll get some better ratings. Yeah. All the days of Chris Shankle and Nelson Burton Jr. <sighs> oh, wow. Take me back. Jeez. Take me back. That used to be on ABC on Saturday afternoons, right? Oh, yeah. Earl Anthony, the left-hander. Oh. He was Always a beast. Always advantage because the lanes weren't worn down on the left side. <laughs> oil, See, oil pattern. Pat. Yeah. God, oil patterns. You guys. See, you just, I, I should have known that Uber producer Dan Peters would be able to make the bowling reference. You know what I mean? Oh. That's impressive, Dan. No, but that was great. It was just like, well, if you're a Sioux Falls, and you remember bowling for dollars. Yep. That's right. That That's was like an old on, throwback. I mean, you sit there and, and just like in uh, in Slapshot, they go, I bet he says hi to the guys. <laughs> in the movie Slapshot. Yeah. They take bets on what the guy's going to say when the guy gives him his 10 seconds to say hi to his wife. He goes, hey, hi to the guys at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Hey, hi to the guys at the bowling center. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um <laughs> Uh, common man, uh, thanks for helping us out today with for, with our, your tales from the lanes. I appreciate it. My pleasure as always, Patrick. I'll probably call you, you tomorrow. Out <laughs> in the lane. All right, see ya. Bye. Coming up after the break, it's going to be Vern Bohr. He's going to be here to talk to us about the Kids and Warriors Project, the, the banquet this weekend. It's a great event. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. The preacher asked 347 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. A little while of it to lead us into our conversation with Vern Bohr. He is a, many of you may know him, he is a outdoor television host and uh, of Wild Dakota. Do I have that right, Vern? Sure, you sure do. Awesome. And uh, uh, so your show... Uh, runs uh, on the 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 Kello family, right? Give us the, the rundown. The Kello family. It's uh, Channel Twelve on most of the programming. It's my UTV, and we're on one thirty Saturday afternoon, and we're also on Midco Sports Network nine thirty Sunday morning. You keep morning. putting out cash for the latest guests. That adds up fast. Well, here's a freebie for you: the radio. Po- I'm sorry, and it runs. Uh, Time change. Hold on, just a second. Just a second. There we go. I'm sorry, Vern. That's okay. Uh, tell me again where. Uh, uh, give me the quick rundown on where it runs again. Okay, it's uh, one thirty Saturday afternoon on my UTV, which is Kello's uh, sister sports station, and then K uh, Midco Sports Network nine thirty Sunday morning. Awesome. So you've got the, the reason you're here um, is because you are organizing the Kids and Warriors Banquet this weekend? It's uh, the South Dakota Outdoor Adventure Foundation. I'm the South Dakota director for it, and this is our sixth annual banquet. And we do that that to raise money to take uh, terminally ill youth and wounded warriors out on hunting and fishing adventures. That's awesome. And and where, uh, so the banquet is Saturday? Saturday evening, doors open at 4.30, and it's at Grand Falls Casino. And what's going to what's gonna happen at this banquet? Oh, just about everything. You're going to see a miracle man. You're, we're going to have a pie auction, and we're going to have guns. We're going to have food. Um, we're just going to have everything. And if you don't come to this one, you're going to miss one of the seven wonders of the world. And you're, you're raising money so that you can pay for these adventures yeah, for correct. the kids and the warriors. Correct. How do you, how do you match up? Uh, uh, when you say warriors, you're talking about veterans? Yes. Uh, returning veterans from uh, from Some the of them are, war- but I actually got the definition changed on wounded warriors to include police and fire. So it's anybody in uh, military that's serving, protecting our country. Uh, that's awesome. And so... The uh, banquet Saturday nights at Grand Falls Casino. Um, what time does everything start? 4.30, the doors open. 4.30. How much is it to get in? 40 bucks for a ticket, uh, and it's a buffet, all you can eat. I'm a South Dakotan, and I like to have my belly full, not just a little steak or anything, <laughs> but you're going to have all you can eat at the buffet. That's awesome. And so uh, uh, if, uh, if I want to get tickets or anything, do I got to get them in advance? Uh, if you want to get them in advance, you can go to uh, Shields Customer Courtesy Counter, or you can go to Gary's Gun Shop and pick them up there. That's great. And how long have you been doing this? This is my sixth year. How did you ever, did you come up with the idea? Or no, did I ever? did not. North Dakota is actually the national, and there's 14 states. Nevada just joined the group. So we have many different states. And I had a friend that uh, nominated me for the na- from the national, and then they wined and dined me for a little while, and I got all the suppers I could out of them, and finally I said, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So uh, you've got a, uh, you got a featured speaker. Yes, sir. 
uh, Manny Gonzalez. Yes. And yes. tell us tell us about Manny. This is an the, interesting story. This guy is uh, awesome. He was injured in an explosion. Uh, I believe it was overseas, and he was paralyzed from the waist down, lost his hearing in his left ear. And there's a whole uh, story that goes with it, and he's going to tell it about the banquet. And this is my first true live miracle man. He was uh, injured in this explosion, and he went on a, to look at a house. He's a realtor, and he went to the house in a wheelchair, and he came back walking, and he walked into his office. And his wife is his secretary, and she kind of went ballistic when he walked in because she couldn't believe it because he's been a year and a half in a wheelchair. And he's going to tell that whole story, and it's a phenomenal story. And I'm going to be stopping by Walmart because they've got 100 tear towels for me that I will hand out for anybody who gets a little teary-eyed when this story comes out. That sounds amazing. So um, so how many of these uh, pairings do you guys do every year? We do approximately 15 to 20 a year. Um, next year I have uh, two wounded warriors going on trophy uh, deer hunts. I have a young man that has a terminal disease. His wish is to shoot a bison, buffalo. And we've already got that arranged, and I'm going to present him the certificate at uh, the banquet. And we have families that I take out hunting and fishing to Gary Allen's out of Chamberlain, all the way up to Mobridge, all the way down to Yankton. And uh, my whole summer is fishing, taking kids fishing. And the sad part about it is, <clears throat> in the six years I've done this, I've just lost my sixth youth. Mm. We just buried him last Wednesday. Oh, it's terrible. That's that's the hard tough. part of the that's, show. Yeah, it's the tough, sad part that you hope never comes. But it is in this job, it is so inevitable that it's going to happen. And uh, I, I think I'm about to the end of my barrel. Really? Yeah. It, it's it's it it really grabs you. You know, makes you think what life is all about and how important it is to uh, be able to do these for these people that really are deserving and don't have a chance. You're not really going to stop doing it, though, are you? Well, I I'm I tell you what, when I see some of these kids and warriors and I see the smiles on their face, it's really hard to quit. If I could get me a secretary to help uh, do all the paperwork, phone mm-hmm. calls, billing, and all this other kind of stuff, uh, logistics, that would be great because I go on an adventure, and when I come back, I've got like 100 phone calls and like 200 emails to respond, and it takes me a whole day just to do that. Yeah, well, it'll be a fantastic evening out at Gra- Grand Falls Casino, which is, of course, just across the border in there to Iowa. Yep. It's basically in Sioux Falls. Exactly. Uh, and it is uh, uh, 4.30, starts, everything starts yep. Saturday night. You can get tickets over at Shields. You can get tickets at Gary's Gun Shop. Uh, and I suppose you can just walk up and pay at the door, right? You can. You can walk up and pay at the door. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, they have all the, anyway, you can do it. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> you'll get taken care of. You show you, up, you'll be you're all right. You definitely will. And this is something I guarantee, and I don't often use the G word, but I guarantee you're going to have a good time. That's awesome. And uh, if people want to learn more about the foundation and that kind of thing, where do they go? They can go to sdoaf.org. And uh, some of the stuff is not updated as much as the, my, the web guy mm-hmm. in North Dakota is supposed to. <laughs> but you can get a good idea, or you can call me, or uh, you can also check out wilddakota.com wilddakota.com and of course that's your show how long have you been doing the show now uh we're in our 16th year awesome. if you can believe that awesome and a quick rundown one more time where people can see it um it's kelo uh sister sports station my utv 1 30 saturday afternoon and uh, midco sports network is 9 30 sunday morning that's great Vern Bohr, i really appreciate you coming in and filling us in on this and good luck saturday night and hang in there man thank you patrick we're going to come right back, and we're going to, uh, after the news and weather, with Mr. Dan Peters. We're going to talk with Brooke Blalid, Blalid and she is uh, working with an organization that gets women involved in politics. That's coming up next on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with Guitar! 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And coming up tonight, don't forget, it's the Brouhaha, 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the Museum of Visual Materials. This is an evening of travel stories by local storytellers and beer tasting, great foods, socializing, silent auctions, and raffles. Proceeds support adult literacy service and reach literacy, our friends at reach which provides unique tutoring of adults in the Sioux Empire. Tickets are 50 bucks each, 90 for a couple, 360 for a table of eight. But it's a great cause. Get out there. Coming up after the break, news and weather with Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
406 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we are joined in studio. I am very happy to have Brooke Blalid, Blalid in studio. And Brooke, uh, I probably am not going to pronounce your name correctly the entire way through, so I'm going to apologize in advance. But thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for having me. You did a really great job pronouncing it. A oh, lot of people thanks. Uh, messed that up. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting name, B-L-A-A-L-I-D. I suppose you have to... Sp- Spell that about six or seven times a day. Oh, yes. And people always mispronounce it, misspell it, whatnot. Yeah. Well, it's a tough one. What's the derivation of Blalid? It is Norwegian. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. It should have an umlaut somewhere in there. Then I would, I'd, I'd be much closer to it. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I go back to my maiden name, which was really easy to pronounce, which is Kellen. But my son, that's his first name. So, oh, yeah. So then it would be like... Why is your last um, name my no, first name? It's not worth it. No. Nope. Just, just spell it. Uh, you are, Brooke is a, a master's, uh, it says master's student, but you have your master's degree. I do have and my master's. You are now in the PhD program at USD in public administration. But the reason you're here today on the Patrick Lally Show is you are director of South Dakota's Ready to Run, which is a nonpartisan group that is working to inspire and prepare women to run for political office. That sounds like quite the uh, uh, mission. Yes. How long have you been doing this? Well, my co-director and I, Laura McNaughton, um, we just started it this last uh, last August. Uh, so Laura McNaughton is a student of ours in the MSW program at USD. Um, and Laura and I have just had a real connection. She's been involved in politics for a long time in South Dakota, and so have I. And I've always known about this program, so it was always on my wheelhouse to bring it to South Dakota. I gave myself 10 years, uh, and I've got two more years to go, so I'm really excited that we got it. Uh, I brought it here to South Dakota before that uh, time expired. So. so tell us about Ready to Run in general before we talk about South Dakota specific. What is it? So it, as you stated, it's a nonpartisan uh, campaign training program. Uh, it, we have two tracks. So a lot of people are, the question has become, well, I don't really want to run for office. Um, why should I come? Well, we've got track one that says I'm ready to run for office and we're going to give you the 411 on how to do that in South Dakota. Uh, but our track two is taking more of a leadership role. How do you, uh, define yourself in terms of advocacy, uh, how do you get on boards of directors? What are your responsibilities in that term? Um, how do you advocate for issues that you're interested in? And maybe you're interested in running and working with campaigns. So we'll have a session on that too. So we're really excited to have our inaugural training on April 13th and 14th. So April 13th and 14th, um, what, uh, and we'll talk more a little bit about this, but if I, if you're interested in getting involved in the training, uh, uh, where where can I find out more information? You can uh, find us at our website that is ready to run South Dakota dot org. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. all social media. I uh, suppose if you just type in to any any search uh, uh, vehicle, you'll ready to run South Dakota. It'll pop right up. Yes. That'd so nice. if you if you Type in just ready to run. You're going to see the Dixie Chicks pop up. But if you say South Dakota, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll pop up right away for you. And, and some Dixie Chicks uh, uh, tour dates. No, they don't tour right. anymore. Well, no, maybe. Never know. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, why did you, you said you wanted to bring this for uh, 10 years or you gave yourself 10 years. Why did you want to do that? And where did you first become involved with it? Well, I first, so I wanted to get, I mean, I, Going back, I've always been an advocate, Uh, but when I was at the University of Iowa getting my master's in social work, uh, they had a program at the University of Iowa called New Leadership, and that is another program from Rutgers University. So Ready to Run comes from Rutgers University. Um, I went and got the affiliation agreement and was actually out in New Jersey a couple weeks ago. We were out there getting trained at the National Training um, so that was one of their programs that they had, and I attended it. It was a, an intensive six-day uh, institute to prepare women for leadership roles and activities. 
And my mentor there was Dr. Diane Bystrom, and she's at Iowa State. Uh, she's actually retiring this year, um, but she ran Ready to Run Iowa. So that's how I found out about the program. And of course, just looking at the new leadership program, uh, that'll be my next, that's on my next goal list is to bring that here within the two year and that 10 year mark. Um, but that's why I um, wanted to bring the program. I just think it's really important, you know, through my doctoral studies and even with my MSW, my focus has always been women in leadership um, and how we get a more representative government. Um, you know, with women being 50% of our population, we certainly don't have women as elected officials at that 50% mark. Uh, so that's always been kind of my goal in the back of the head is, is to get us there. You know, this is not South Dakota, but I saw an astonishing um, statistic about Mississippi today in a story. They're having a special election down there f- to fill Thad Cochran's seat. And the uh, woman who has been uh, appointed to fill the interim by the governor down there, and her name escapes me, she's the first woman to serve uh, from Mississippi in Congress. Yeah, it's not ever. Surprising. I mean, that's even in South Dakota, we have women in Congress. Uh, we've had, uh, 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 not Alice Pyle, but Pyle, her last yes. name was Pyle. Gladys Pyle. Gladys Pyle in the, you know, a long time ago. And the fact that Mississippi has not had one woman in Congress ever is stunning to me. But it, I think they're the last state in the union to have that be true. But she had to be appointed. It's right. Just wild. I mean, and even in South Dakota, I mean, Gladys ran that special election, yep. but she didn't actually get to be in an actual session in Congress yeah. because they had already broke for mm-hmm. Christmas break. But she drove out there was ready to go, um, but she never, you know, she never got to participate. But she did get that, she's got that uh, uh, mark in history. Absolutely, Her name yeah. goes down in history as the first female woman, of, uh, female member of Congress from South Dakota. Well, we've never had a female governor in South Dakota nope. either. And either is Mississippi, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to come right back and talk more with Brooke Blalied, and she is the uh, with the South Dakota Ready to Run organization, and we're going to discuss more about Women in politics in South Dakota and Sioux Falls and everywhere in between. (laughs) This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 419 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Brooke Blalid. She is a... uh, how, what, now it's a, you're, you're a student, you're a graduate student, you're a PhD candidate down mm-hmm. at at USD, but you work up here. Your job uh, with the with USD as a, uh, a are you assistant professor? What what's your actual title? Well, since I don't have my PhD yet, um, I'm technically a graduate instructor. Oh, I see. And what are you instructing up here? So uh, I'm an instructor for our Masters of Social Work program. Got it. And is that self-contained in Sioux Falls or is it back and forth? No, it's self-contained. A lot of people don't know that we are in Sioux Falls, but we're on the Sanford campus in the USD Medical School building. Oh, cool. And that was that program was kind of a long time coming, too. It's not that old of a program, you social no, work. No, we're, I mean, in terms of, like, longevity, we're still a baby. We're going into our seventh year. Um, and that and, was a big deal because yes. like you got your, uh, uh, MSW at Iowa. Mm-hmm. People used to have to go. They Iowa, would, Nebraska, yeah. North Dakota. It was a huge uh, hole in our education system. Yeah. So we now you're the you're, last program yeah. in the country or wow. last day in the country to get a program. And you're teaching in that program. What do you teach then? So I teach practice in communities and social policy, social policy, uh, advocacy. So I'm termed the macro. I, I'm the one macro uh, faculty member that we have on oh, staff. Wow. And so your PhD then is what? Will be what? It'll be in political science and public administration and public policy. And what's your focus there? Well, my focus is looking, I haven't quite, like I've got to narrow those terms down mm-hmm. in terms of my dissertation, but females in leadership ready to run will be that and then looking at public policy and probably around the lens of 
you know, when everyone in our population is actually represented in government, we make better policies. Um, so maybe looking at something along those lines. And so you uh, graduated from high school in Sioux Falls. Yes. Uh, you moved here when? In 97. Oh, wow. And you went to Roosevelt. Yep. I was a graduate of Roosevelt. Um, and uh, uh, where did you live before that? I lived in Yankton. Ah, beautiful. The River City. The River City. Beautiful Yankton. And you were mentioning off the air, you were actually on the Yankton City Commission? Yes. That's uh, that. Uh, tell us about that. So, uh, you know, again, just politics. I've always been interested in politics. And uh, during... Uh, one of our research classes, I convinced a couple other girls that we should look at women in leadership in South Dakota. And so I ended up uh, interviewing the mayor at the time, who was Nancy Winandi. Um, and I said, how many commissioners are on there? And she said, well, there's nine of us. And I said, well, how many are female? And she said, two. Wait a minute. Yankton has nine commissioners? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's quite a passel. That's impressive. And so you ran. Yeah. So the next year, I just decided I'm going to run. Did uh, Was that uh, a valuable experience for what you're doing now, which is uh, ready to run in South Dakota, which is getting women into leadership roles? Absolutely. I, you know, it taught me more about, you know, sitting at the city level. I feel, which is, it's, first, it's like the most important part of government, I believe, uh, we see change happening first and quickly at the city level, but there's not a lot of uh, citizen participation, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but running, being on the commission for several years was just really a valuable experience. And I was lucky because I had a small learning curve. I mean, everything we were talking about between budgets to priorities, I'd already done a lot of you know my homework in terms of my you know my undergrad was psychology. My master's was social work and then, you know, my doctoral uh, in political science. So I had a really good foundation of, you know, how things worked. Yeah. Uh, and now when you when you talk to women about uh, getting involved in politics at whatever level, you say you, you have that experience. I did actually run for office. Right. Like, it would be I a did. little bit. It would be tougher if you hadn't done it. Yeah, I think it would be tougher. I think as in general, um, it's kind of hard to find those female mentors um, and as women, even with lining up speakers for ready to run our training program, uh, a lot of these ladies have been saying, well, isn't there someone better? There's got to be someone more qualified. I'm not the expert. Yes, you are the expert. That's why I'm coming to you. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, women just don't find ourselves the experts. So that's been kind of a challenge, but I hope to change that conversation. As a candidate, what did you find out that you weren't expecting from being sort of an advocate and a, and a academic? I don't know if there's really anything that I kind of found out that I didn't already know about. Um, I think maybe sitting on the commission, I thought that there would be more social interaction from the community. I mean, I certainly was involved in the Yankton community from being on nonprofit boards to a service club, but I think I got maybe one or two emails from citizens You're with actual me. concerns. Yeah. You know, the uh, Sioux Falls City Council and the, the mayor, sometimes they think they'd have a little less. They like they want a little less public input. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that that's, that's where all the great ideas come from, is that public input and being able, I mean, I think when you have policy that is developed by people who aren't at your either educational level or social economic status. They have no idea how to create that. And I think that's where public opinion is so important because you get good policy then. We're going to uh, talk more about this a little bit later, but uh, you're, um, you have uh, a session coming up April 13th and 14th. Yes. And, and uh, where and when is that? It is here in Sioux Falls at the Holiday Inn Center. Uh, we start... April 13th at 4.30 p.m., we're going to have a session on uh, women and safety and sexual harassment and how to address those issues, uh, followed by a social gathering of all of our panelists, our uh, participants, um, and some elected officials being there. And then we'll do a full day of training on Saturday. And this is for women who uh, are involved in politics or think they want to be involved in politics or are just thinking about it. 
who are either they are, they're mm-hmm. thinking about it, or they just want to develop their leadership skills um, mm-hmm. and connect with other women. Awesome. And we'll uh, we'll come right back and talk with Brooke Blalid after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we continue our conversation with Brooke Bra. There, I messed it up. Brooke Blalid. She is Blalid. Blalid. She is a uh, PhD student from Canada. It's not, you don't call them candidate students. You call them candidates. PhD candidate from the University of South Dakota. But she is also a graduate uh, uh, instructor in the uh, Masters of Social Work program up here in Sioux Falls. But she is the director of uh, co-director of South Dakota's Ready to Run program, which is nonpartisan group who is inspiring more women to run for public office. And they have a, a clinic, a session coming up in on April 13, 14. We've been talking about Brooke. Uh, but here's the real question: Why are there not more women in public office in South Dakota? That's a really great question, and I wish I had the answer to it. Uh, well, take I, a shot. <laughs> <laughs> why do I think? Um, Be honest. Quite honestly, I think that it's it's hard for women to make that time commitment to politics um, in terms of, you know, as society puts all these pressures on us women that we've got to be the doting wife, the loving mother, um, we run everything in the house, uh, and that doesn't leave much time for anything else. So I think that that's one of the reasons. Uh, I think the other reason is women are less likely to go and take out a petition to run um, unless they're asked. Like if someone comes to them and says, hey, Brooke, will you run? Then women are more likely to think about it. Um, But taking that own initiative uh, to run really is something that is rarely seen. And what do you tell women when you talk to them? Uh, You mentioned earlier where you were talking to women and and like, oh, no, I'm not the expert. Yes, you are. That's why I'm here. What do you tell women that you talk to who are interested in politics when they talk about, uh, you know, I have to be the doting wife, the caring mother, the runner of the household? What is the answer to that? I think the answer, and actually I, when we were out last, uh, two weeks ago out in New Jersey, uh, a woman had said uh, that she had a brand new baby at home. She wants to get involved in politics, but she doesn't know. And I said, I, I turned to her and I said, it's a team. It's a team effort. Surround yourself with team people, whether it's your family or your close-knit uh, friends, and, and make it work. If you're committed to this, we can find you babysitters. We can we can find you uh, someone to help you clean your house. I mean, if you're inspired to do it, I will do whatever I can with whatever means I have to support you. Uh, and as women, I think we need to do that. And I, quite frankly, I've always been under, um, you know, I think in terms of definitely our political environment right now, we're so polarized. But I've always come with the notion of I don't care if there's a D, R, or an I behind your name. If you want to run and you're a woman, if you're a woman, I'm going to support you. I'm going to do everything I can, whether I'm connecting you with the Republican Party or the Democrat Party or finding other independents um, and someone to help you fundraise. I'll do that. Uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I think the most important thing is getting them on the ballot to begin with. Do people uh, just assume that you're a sort of, you know, knee-jerk, softy liberal Uh, when you go out there? I I think, yeah. I mean, yes, that's definitely something that I've experienced um, since starting Ready to Run is, oh, we think you're just a liberal woman's group. Um, But Rutgers has very strict guidelines. We're nonpartisan um, and and yes, while I may have been a registered Democrat in the past, um, I've transitioned to being a registered independent uh, because I want to be approachable. And I think 
in our state where we are heavily Republican, um, I'm not as approachable if I've got that D behind my name. Um, but I don't want to stop that from anyone. And so, like I said, I'll do whatever I can. But yeah, I mean, bra burning, liberal, uh, definitely something in my wheelhouse that has been uh, tossed around. How do you how do you convince a conservative? Well, it could be any conservative man or woman, but you are encouraging women to run. How do you convince conservatives that you are actually have their best interests at heart if you are trying to encourage them to run? Meaning if a, a conservative woman comes to you and her policies are, you know, down the line, hard line, right. How do you convince her that actually getting or getting involved with your organization is beneficial to her as well? Why convince her just by stating the facts? I mean, in our first training, we have, we've got everyone from Stephanie herself, Sandlin, who's going to be our keynote, to um, Carol Tweet and Casey Marshall, who have been pivotal women um, in our state who are of the Republican Party. Um, we've got everyone from both sides of the aisle. Um, and, you know, even just the public support, both public uh, Republicans and the Democrats. Uh, and, you know, lots of independent candidates coming forward to participate on our panels and and be uh, actual participants at Ready to Run. So it's really about more networking and giving you the tools of how campaigns are ran. Uh, and that certainly doesn't change whether you're a Democrat, Republican or independent, um, how you develop your campaign, launch yourself. Those are all similar. And so just providing them with a neutral playing ground uh, that they can come to and learn. Organizational techniques. Yes, organizational techniques. And really what I hope is that these women come together um, and they don't look at that party behind their name. Um, they form relationships. And so when they are elected in their cities at the state level, they've already got a relationship with these other women. And so then they can start working together. Uh, and that level of trust is built. Because right now, you know, even in our nation's capital, we've got, it's really uh, cut down the line. No one wants to talk to the other party. There's no communication. Um, and they don't trust each other. They don't trust each other across the aisle or within their own party. Uh, so if we don't change that conversation, uh, for those individuals to start trusting each other again, or we're going to end up with bad policies that we, the citizens, have to live by, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, Do we have an image of what a politician has to be, meaning uh, a firebrand or, um, you know, a real stern human being or uh, aggressive human being, I guess, is what I'm looking for, that... that how do you tell somebody to be themselves, essentially? Like, you don't have to be, if you're a woman, you don't have to be like Nancy Pelosi. You don't have to be like uh, Elizabeth Warren. We're all, these are successful uh, female politicians, or Elizabeth Dole or some of these people, where you uh, feel like you have to be more aggressive than you are because that's politics, right? That's the public image of politics. Do you have to be that as a woman? Do you have to come out of your own skin and be fit some sort of mold of what a public official is? No, I, I mean, I don't believe so. I mean, we could look at, you know, I think Margaret Thatcher uh, over in, uh, in England and they called her the Iron Lady, mm -hmm. right? Like rules with an iron fist. Uh, but I think in today's society, what our views and image of leadership is starting to change uh, and we're starting to look for individuals who have more of a collaborative um, organization or collaborative leadership style, which we see that in women naturally. I mean, as a woman and and being a mom, like I'm able to multitask at a million things. I'm negotiating in the morning with my seven-year-old to get him out of bed, you know? That always works out pretty well, doesn't it? Right, it does. <laughs> it does. I tell him I don't negotiate uh, with uh, little terrorists in the morning. So, you know, it's a little bit – and he even said to me one day, he's like, Mom, I thought we live in a democracy. And I said, we do. 
but my house is a dictatorship, yeah. child. I love you, but you can you can go to the democracy, but first you got to get out of the bed. Right, that's right. exactly it. Uh, we're going to come back and talk more with Brooke Blalied about trying to get women involved in politics. She, of course, is involved with. She's the director of South Dakota's Ready to Run program, and they've got a uh, training session coming up April thirteenth and fourteenth at the Holiday Inn City Center. And more details available. Uh, at their website, and uh, we'll post some stuff up on our Twitter feed at P. Lally Show. We'll be right back. This is Information 1000 KSOO. 448 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Brooke Blalid. She is the director of South Dakota's chapter of Ready to Run, which is a now 14-state program. Is that correct? Did you say 14 states? How uh, many states? I think they're almost in 30. Almost in 30 states, and it's uh, uh, based out of Rutgers University in the great state of New Jersey. But it is a nonpartisan group whose mission is to inspire and prepare women to run for political office. And we've been discussing all the challenges uh, of uh, uh, running for public office as a woman and recruiting women. Um, you have a session coming up, a training session, April 13th and 14th down at the Holiday Inn City Center. And uh, you hope to get how many people? I'd, well, I'd love to pack the room full, uh, but we're hoping to get 75 participants. And we're on our way uh, for a good start. And hopefully by doing your show, absolutely, uh, we're going to fill our 75 quota. So. You've come to the right place, clearly. Um, the, the, does it cost money? Yes, it's $75, uh, and we're doing $40 for students, too. So we're, we're going to be reaching out to all of the student organizations across the state mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully recruiting, recruiting young because they've got tons of energy. And time. Uh, They're and not doing time, anything. Right? They're, not, yeah. <laughs> They're millennials. They're they don't have jobs. Right. Um, these, uh, uh, so it's 75 bucks. And where do you get funding for the rest of Ready to Run? How do this is not your full-time job. We need to point that out. You are employed by the University of South Dakota's uh, uh, Master of Social Work program and also a PhD candidate in the political science department. But where does Ready to Run fund all this? Because you got a lot going on here on your uh, your training session. Yeah, well, that's a really great cr- question. Uh, so even to be a, a network affiliate, uh, it costs money to pay Rutgers, and that's like a lifetime uh, lifetime membership. In Jersey, they call that the VIG, but yeah, go right. ahead. <laughs> so uh, I own a consulting firm, and I put up uh, that money uh, because I believe so much in the program. But otherwise, uh, you know, University of South Dakota, uh, my dean, my chair, they've been really supportive and encouraging of me to take this on as a project. Um, but otherwise, our funding is coming from donors uh, that we – uh, have sought out, and it's coming from the participants' registration. And graciously enough, all of our panelists have agreed to come and speak um, for free. So that's, great. that's been amazing for us. And uh, do you think that the atmosphere is changing for recruitment of women candidates because of the Me Too movement and because of some of the backlash against uh, the broader issues of sexual harassment and and, and flat-out sexual assault, but also um, the uh, president's comments over the last couple of years, including the tape. Has that all changed the atmosphere for getting women involved in politics? Absolutely. I mean, even seeing uh, Hillary Clinton make that actual ticket uh, this last time around has really changed the environment um, and given a lot of women uh, the courage to to step up and run. Uh, so, I mean, the reports that I'm seeing uh, over the last couple of months is we're going to see um, we're going to see a record number of women running for office. So, definitely stepping up and and saying, well, she can do it. So can I. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actively going out there and asking women to run. Uh, where in the past that really hasn't happened. I think. You know, in the 1990s, we saw that surge of women and, quote, unquote, breaking the glass ceiling. Uh, but then it kind of flatlined out. So 
you know, I'm really hopeful uh, that we get more women in Congress, in state government, in county, city, uh, just even on our local, you know, nonprofit boards and whatnot, just having some equal representation uh, and being representative of what our population looks like. Um, we only have one female candidate for mayor out of six that actually got the signatures together. Are you surprised by that? No. I mean, when I ran uh, for city commission in Yankton, I was one of seven. <laughs> so, I mean, being the only female is, is not really surprising. Uh, but I'd like to see that change. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully, you know, bringing this program to South Dakota uh, will add to that. Is it changing in South Dakota? I think so. There's I not mean, that many women in the legislature. No, we're at tw about 20% in state government uh, for women being represented. Um, it's kind of hard. We haven't gotten all of the numbers at like the local mm -hmm. and county level because it's harder to get those because uh, there's not a, a database for mm -hmm. that. Um, but I th it's hopeful. I there mean, are three women on the Sioux Falls City Council uh, until the election, and then that'll change. Three out of uh, eight are almost there, almost 50%. Almost there. Is it better in the city than it is in the state? I mean, those are pretty small uh, samples, but. Yeah, I mean, I think having three out of eight <laughs> is definitely a higher percentage than the 20%. Um, but I think, again, let's talk about our legislative sessions in South Dakota. I mean, who has time? Go to Pier. Yeah, to go to Pier. Well, I do like going to Pierre. Uh, who has time to, you know, not it's work tough. at their job? It's tough. From, yep. you know, for three months. Especially for young people with young families. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, Brooke Blalid, she is a, uh, the director of South Dakota's Ready to Run program. The training sessions for women who are interested in getting involved in politics from all sides of whatever aisle you like. April 13th and 14th down at the uh, Holiday and City Center. And you can find them on the online at what's the website again? Ready to run sd.org. Ready to run sd.org. Find them on Facebook. Brooke, thanks for coming in today and good Thank luck. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We'll finish up here, finish up here in just a moment on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Thanks for being here, everybody. Tomorrow, we have a great show tomorrow for the Happy Hour Edition. Amy Dawes, she's gonna, Dawes is going to be with us. She is a uh, tire shop romance writer. Uh, it's not fair. She is an amazing story that you're going to want to tune in. She writes romances, and she wrote one in a tire shop waiting room. So there you go. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.